0: Good morning, Dog Nation. I am Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, and boy, oh boy, what has been a crazy run of news over the course of the last few days continues again today. You probably heard yesterday Georgia won the battle for Travis Robinson. Alabama sought him as its defensive coordinator. Georgia, though, swooping in quick getting a uh, Robinson and a role here at UGA as a safeties coach and a co-defensive coordinator and most importantly just taking something from Alabama that it wanted which probably matters more than anything else but there could be positive reverberations for the dogs on all of this and we'll talk about that on today's program we'll also talk about talk about a recent transfer that we have not really spent enough time on Connor Riley will join us to help fill in the gaps and all the news that's out there and we will also i guess briefly address the guy that Alabama did hire as defensive coordinator kind of a funny subplot to that so a lot of ground to cover glad to have you with us for it it is dog nation daily the daily podcast for georgia bulldogs fans presented by engineered solutions of georgia and it begins right now today's episode of dog nation daily is brought to you by engineered solutions of georgia dial 678 esog now for a solution to your foundation and waterproofing problems Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. You know, we say down here in the SEC that it just means more, and sometimes the way that shows up, is the stuff we do this time of year you know we kind of go at each other in like january the way that other conferences don't oftentimes compete against each other in like say september october november that's just sort of what we do we've had an example of that over the course of the last few days over Travars robinson robinson is a very good sec assistant coach obviously an elite level recruiter it's clear that any sec team would want to employ him and to be honest with you on saturday i'm minding my own business i'm uh going to the basketball game. I'm obviously, many of you know, uh, very deep on the Georgia basketball bandwagon here at the moment, and that was like the only thing kind of on my mind. It wasn't even a thought to me that T-Rob could be coming to UGA because as far as I knew it on Saturday – Georgia still had Will Muschamp as its safeties coach and co-defensive coordinator. And then as I'm heading down 316 to Athens, you find out, oh, no, uh, Georgia's got a chance to, uh, you know, get Travarez Robinson and is hiring Travarez Robinson. That was obviously worth celebrating. And then after that, you got the situation where, okay, well, Alabama, in the early days of Kalen DeBoer as head coach, desperate for D.C., they turned back to T. Robb, who had spurned them to come to UGA, and said, Please consider coming back. We'll make you defensive coordinator in full. You'll have total control of the defense. Uh, Clearly, this is a coach they desperately wanted. They brought him in on Sunday to interview. As we were doing the show yesterday, what we were led to uh, discuss is, you know, Georgia has hired T-Rob, but it's not obvious if Georgia's going to be able to keep him. That was the discussion we were having there at the moment. In fact... We were acknowledging that you know if Alabama is offering him the chance to be defensive coordinator, that might be a job it would be very tough for T-Rob to say no to. But as you're aware of, yesterday afternoon, dogs got some good news. Always fun to get over on Alabama. Always fun to put a rookie head coach in this league into his place. And yesterday, Kirby Smart stuffed him into a locker because uh, we got the reporting from Chris Lowe, who's obviously on top of all of this with so many of the uh, uh, seemingly <laughs> – the 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 coaches who uh, seem to work with Jimmy Sexton, but nonetheless, uh, Chris Lowe saying Travaris Robinson interviewed. With new Alabama football coach Kalen DeBoer for several hours on Sunday for the defensive coordinator job, but he has decided to remain at Georgia, sources tell ESPN. So here we are in the middle of the winter, early days of the 2024 offseason, and Georgia over the course of the last you know couple of days has had a chance to celebrate wins over Alabama a couple of different times for the same coach. Now, you could sort of tell yesterday around the time we went off the air, you could sort of tell that all of this was going to go Georgia's way. The number one reason you could sort of tell this was going to go George's way was because the Alabama message board posters had started saying bad stuff about T-Rob again, you know, after, <laughs> after treating him as if he was royalty for a little while there on Sunday, they had sort of trended back to, ah, oh, we don't want him anyway. And that was pretty much the only like clue you really needed that all of this was going to probably go Georgia's way and Georgia was going to be able to bring in a very uh, successful coach, very sharp recruiter, respected guy, to uh, replace Will Muschamp and while also keeping Will Muschamp in the program. This is a win, 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 win all across the board for U- UGA, really a home run in so many ways in terms of replacing a guy like Muschamp but still keeping him in the program and bringing in such a quality recruiter and a quality coach like t Rob. Now, there are some people on the Alabama side of all of this, though, that look at this and say – why are we making such a big deal about a guy like Travaris Robinson? Why is this so much uh, you know, so much discussion? Well, as I said before, Robinson is a good coach, and so from that standpoint, Georgia is happy to have him. But beyond that, listen, we're a fan-oriented show. I'm a Georgia fan. We have, you know, fun around here. We try not to take ourselves too seriously. I don't mind telling you this. You know, there are some people that sort of put up a front, put up a facade, sort of try to pretend to be something they're not. I don't I don't do any of that. I am as God made me. There is a part of this. I'm just glad that T-Rob's coming to Georgia for the simple reason that Alabama wanted him. As I said before, I wasn't even thinking about T-Rob on Saturday. Javarris uh, Robinson, respected coach, good coach. I'm thinking about trying to beat Tennessee in basketball and the rise of the Mike White era there uh, at Stegman Coliseum. That's the only thing on my mind. I, T-Rob wasn't on my radar. But once I found out that Georgia could get him, and once I found out that Alabama did want him, well, of course you want to – I mean, we're like you know children playing with the same toy. You know, to a certain extent, the only reason Georgia should need to want T-Rob is for the simple fact that Alabama did want him, and uh, Kirby Smart taking him from T-Rob is a great introduction to Kalen DeBoer in the SEC. Sometimes it can be just as simple as that, where Georgia obviously benefits from this, but spiting Alabama is in and of itself kind of its own benefit here, so I don't mind telling you, and I won't pretend otherwise, that there is a part of this it's just sort of fun to take something that Alabama wanted. In the case of Travares Robinson, that is what they wanted. Now they have hired a defensive coordinator. We'll kind of uh, look at that a little, a little later on the show and have a little bit of fun with that because there is kind of an interesting angle to all of this, which we will get to. That is coming up uh, a little bit later on. How about, though, the next phase of all of this? And what I love about Georgia fans is so many of you are always working a step or two ahead. You know ultimately here that what Travars Robinson could perhaps do, and admittedly, to start off with, this is sort of pie-in-the-sky thinking, and the one thing I try to be really careful about here is, I mean, clearly, there's a part of me that's always going to want to hype things up and make things as big as they can possibly be. A, that's just fun, B, it's just it's just an easy temptation to fall into. Once again, that's just kind of my natural tendency to make things as big and loud as they can possibly be. I don't think you sit here and do a show like this without having some proclivity in that direction, perhaps. But when it comes to, you know, getting people's hopes up falsely, I try to be careful about that. You know, we've been uh, gifted with a, a big platform. I try not to use it unwisely, at least the best that I possibly can. So the one thing I've tried not to do too much of in light of Nick Saban's retirement the other day is fan the flames too much as it relates to a guy like Caleb Downs. And when the Traverse Robinson news comes out, Well, that's the first thing everybody's thinking. Well, here comes Caleb Downs. Come on back to Georgia. Make the decision the second time you should have made the first time, and Kirby Smart win a recruiting battle this time that uh, you perhaps let slip away the first time. It's easy to connect those dots. Georgia fans are always sort of working a page or two ahead, and a lot of them kind of arrived at that point. But we did want to be careful about some of that kind of stuff because it's just such an obvious thing. Well, of course you'd want Caleb Downs. He's clearly Alabama's best player. is one of the best – probably the best freshman in all of college football here this year. It's an easy dot to connect, but you want to be careful about how you do it. And yet – admittedly here, as we sit here knowing that Georgia has won the battle to secure Travaris Robinson. He is coming in as Georgia's safeties coach, the guy that coached Caleb Downs a year ago at Alabama in the 2023 season. All of a sudden, you're starting to see the possibility, maybe this is real. Maybe this is the kind of thing that really could happen. Maybe there is perhaps a chance that Georgia could be in the mix for Caleb Downs. Let me give you some other words, not just mine, but those of Tom Van Heren, reporter for ESPN, who says, I was told that Alabama freshman Caleb Downs has not made a decision on his future yet, if he'll stay or if he'll transfer. But here's where it gets interesting. Van Heron says that Downs would like to see who's added to the Bama defensive staff, but very likely could make a decision either way tomorrow. Travaris Robinson staying at Georgia factors in. Now, that is not the same thing as saying it is a done deal. Downs is definitely transferring, and when he does, he's definitely coming to Georgia because of Travares Robinson. That is not a 100% guarantee from Tom, uh, Tom Van Herren, but it is a statement that Georgia is in the mix, and that Downs is perhaps considering his options here and continuing to play for Trevars Robinson at the in-state school, where you know a lot of Georgia fans wish he would have come the first time around, that that is at least a possibility here. So, What I'm here to tell you is it's not everything. It's not a guarantee, but it is at least something. Now, most of you are quite aware of who Caleb Downs is. You either saw him play at Mill Creek, leading that team to a state championship in his senior year, or you've seen the things and the exploits that he's been a part of in his first year at Alabama. But if you haven't, if you are not fully aware of all of this, Let me give you a little bit of Kirby Smart here. This is going back to just prior to the SEC Championship. Smart, who never misses an opportunity, was asked about whether or not he thought that Caleb Downs was sort of a typical freshman, and Smart, in speaking about Downs ahead of that game, kind of laid the groundwork for what could be a second-chance recruiting pitch here right now. This is what Kirby Smart said back in December. He don't look like a freshman at all. He looks like a guy that's been playing for three years. Um, He's instinctive, uh, he's fast, uh, he's fearless, um, he's everything that he was in high school. I mean, we got to see him. I've seen him play about 107 on seven games at, at our stadium and at our facility uh, when his high school team came over here all the time. And he's everything that, uh, that we thought he was, punt returner. Uh, he's just a football player that is instinctive, great tackler, uh, just what you draw up when you want a, a defensive back. A lot of you also saw the video of Smart after that SEC championship game. Obviously, a disappointment for UGA, but once again, Smart never missing an opportunity. A little bit of a hug, a little bit of a handshake to Downs, just kind of planting that seed of, hey, we're always here for you if you ever uh, kind of change your mind. Smart's obviously wise that way. So let me kind of give you my opinion on this, and then we'll kind of wrap up and talk about something different here for a moment. Clearly, it goes without saying that Caleb Downs is definitely a player that you would really want, and listen – one of the things I think we do pretty well around here is we're pretty consistent, at least I hope that we are. We said this about Downs the entire time. When Downs was a recruit, when it was obviously wasn't going to Georgia, we said, hey, this one's going to really sting. You know, there are some that really hurt to see get away, and Downs just had the look of a, sort of a sure thing, you know, a guaranteed successful college player. And sure enough, from the word go, to start his college career. He's pretty much exactly the player we thought he would be when he was still in high school. So we've always been very clear that we thought that Caleb Downs was a truly special player, and seeing him go somewhere else other than Georgia really, really sting, stung. Just <laughs> use the right verb tense. So from that standpoint, that's just kind of always been the case. Now perhaps, just maybe, Georgia's got a second chance. Obviously, we'd love to see Georgia wrestle its way in here and get a second opportunity to get a guy like this on the team. But there's also, honesty compels me to admit, this thought of Alabama cannot lose this battle, can they? I mean, sometimes a player like this who has clear, tangible value takes on an even greater intangible value. And Kalen DeBoer, has, we had the golden shoe yesterday, to this effect yesterday, has such huge shoes to fill that he's got to send a signal that he's ready for this job. He's got to give you that indication that, that – that, that he's ready for the pressure that comes at Alabama and losing your best player, like right there on the heels of getting this job would just be such a blow to DeBoer. Now, if you're a Georgia fan, you'd love to throw that, you know, punch. And if you're an Alabama fan, you're obviously hopeful. That's not the case, but just describing what it would be, this would be diminishing DeBoer greatly right at the beginning of his coaching tenure there at Alabama. So much so then I'm assuming that Alabama will do whatever it takes to keep Caleb Downs in the program. That's what I'm guessing here. But it's interesting to think that people who have no tie to Dog Nation, no tie to to this battle necessarily, just neutral observers, objective reporters, are saying possibility. Caleb Downs could decide and could decide sooner rather than later. And if he does, Georgia could be in the mix. You want a chance at a player like this. You'd love to take him from Alabama if you could because any program would obviously use – a player of this magnitude. This is also one to watch for the Crimson Tide there as well. How ready is Kalen DeBoer for the battles in the SEC? He's about to have to show it very early in his tenure as he fights to keep Caleb balanced, perhaps. This is one worth watching. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We are presented today by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, and we're happy to have you with us, no matter how you get to us live on video. Uh, normally live, 10 a.m. We're going to be live soon again, uh, soon enough. We're also doing our 1st and 15 live, our our comments as part of our R.S. Andrews cool down. We're still doing all of that live, and a lot of folks are working very hard to make sure we're able to do that. We certainly appreciate that, and we appreciate you joining us on the radio, Athens, Sports Radio 960, the ref, podcast, however you find them. Just so glad to have you part of the show today. And a big thanks to our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia being a part of our program today. We just mentioned Caleb Downs, a big part of the foundation of whatever team he played for. But speaking of foundations, you know, if you look around your house and see signs of a foundation issue, that is a reason to reach out to our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Now, you know what this looks like Uh, outside your house. You have brick wall, things like that. Sometimes you see like little cracks starting to form along the lines of the brick, kind of makes it look like a stair step or something like that. That can be the sign of a foundation issue. Or inside your home, you have sheetrock. You see the sort of horizontal cracks there and the sheetrock once again a sign of a foundation issue or down in the basement just simple unsettling one part of the basement seems higher than the other there's kind of cracks forming on the floor once again that can be the sign of a foundation issue same thing when it comes to waterproofing stuff uh whether it be water creeping in when it's not supposed to be when it rains there's a lot of precipitation in the air seemingly here right now all of these are signs Of a potential problem, and it ought to be a trigger to you, as I've been telling you for years, to reach out to our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia. They are a solutions based company, and one of the ways that shows up for you is putting smart people to work to solve your problem. They've got an entire team of engineers on staff that's why they're called engineered solutions of georgia there's nobody else in our marketplace that puts that level of resource to work for you a team of engineers looking at the structural integrity of your home and how that can be protected and defended they are all about that they're also proud partners of uga and i really appreciate your willingness to support those that support the dogs because we obviously uh, love georgia football around here and engineered solutions of georgia does too but admittedly for me more important than that Our friends at ESOG have been longtime loyal partners to us here on Dog Nation Daily. and Listen, that's how I keep the uh, food on the table for my kids and my wife. And, you know, they are just great partners with us along the way. We try to uh, let folks know about the great work they do when it comes to foundation and waterproofing stuff. And they help us keep the lights on around here. Uh, It's been a, a wonderful partnership, and I'm so thankful for them and so thankful for all of you who reach out to them when you find yourself in need of solving a foundation or waterproofing problem so phone number very easy to remember and of course easy to dial simply give them a call 678-ESOG now that's 678-ESOG now engineered solutions of georgia a solution for your foundation your waterproofing issues all right we're going to get connor riley here coming up in a moment also a reminder about a big announcement we're able to make for you here on dognation.com i teased this a little bit yesterday we'll give you more details on this here today all of that coming up in just a moment prior to that though let's go around the doghouse and one of the things about what we do around here is and you know we've been doing this since 2015 so well, we sort of saw the need way back a long time ago that there could be you know college football talk happening on a daily basis enough interest enough news we sort of saw the opportunity for a 365 day a year product way back then, and it's kind of funny to see how you know that idea has sort of grown in the years since then. Uh, we were really among the very first to ever kind of do something like that, but for people who don't kind of live in the college football world the way all of us do, uh, I think they sort of think of this as the offseason. They sort of think of this as a time in which, ah, you sort of kick back, you take a break. Now, admittedly, I am slipping away for a few days next week, which I'm excited about, uh, but the news when it comes to Georgian college football in general is not slowing down at all, so much so that there are things that we haven't even had a chance to talk about yet. In fact, one of the stories we have not really discussed yet is the fact that while Georgia maybe perhaps looks for an opportunity to step in and win over a potential Alabama transfer like Caleb Downs, Georgia fans are at least hopeful that's true. As a precursor to all of that, Georgia has already brought in one Alabama transfer from kind of a similar position here, and it also kind of maybe sort of speaks to kind of a new horizon for Georgia overall let me show you Jake Pope a lot of you know Pope because he did play some at Alabama but also because Pope went to Buford High School and uh, Pope is leaving Bama played mostly on special teams this year for the Crimson Tide but on his way to uh, UGA says coming home I'm committed and a couple of things you'll love about the Jake Pope story here just for a moment a when Georgia got K.J. Bolden out of Buford for the class of 2024, you saw a lot of Georgia staffers. Montgomery Van Gorder, who obviously played at uh, Buford. Uh, David Cooper, who's always you know kind of stirring it up there on social media. They were all kind of mocking the end of the so-called Buford curse. A lot of folks kind of know that Georgia – had had a long stretch of not really getting players from Buford High School. KJ Bolden sort of broke that, and kind of maybe even broke that for that part of Gwinnett County, where Georgia, even beyond the boundaries of the Buford city limit, has sometimes you know had its troubles. So, in some respects, the the, the Pope news perhaps represents another kind of end to the so-called Buford curse here. But in addition to that. This is also an example of something I believe that Kirby Smart does really well. And if you want to kind of know what makes Kirby Kirby and what Kirby does to sort of make Georgia Georgia, it's doing a lot of little things that add up to something kind of big. And in a roundabout way, Jake Pope is sort of an example of that. You know, how much will he play in his first year? You know, at UGA, how big of a part of the defensive story is he for Georgia? All that will be determined in practices and things like that. Obviously, Pope will be in the mix, but we can't necessarily guarantee anything about that one way or another but this is pretty clearly a player that you're happy to have on your program and it's the kind of thing that you're able to do bring in a guy like Pope when you're able to work ahead. This is the example of the advantage that Kirby keeps over a lot of the the coaches and programs that he competes with. A lot of those programs are sort of first uh, I should say forced, sort of forced to work in the now, in the immediate to fill immediate needs, but Georgia because its immediate needs are met, is always sort of looking a step or two ahead into the future. In other words, there are a, a lot of programs who are you know desperate for players right now, desperate to fill voids in their 2024 class, desperate for this, desperate for that. But Georgia's rarely desperate for anything. They're always able to look a recruiting cycle ahead. When everybody else is panicking about 2024, Georgia's laying the groundwork for 2025 and 2026. When everybody else is desperate to go out and get this transfer guy because they need him to start right away, George is able to bring in very talented guys who can contribute to depth and compete alongside other talented players in sort of a let-the-best-man-win type of situation. That's just one of those things that Georgia has proven to do very well. And working ahead on a guy like Pope is an example of that. This is a player that you're glad to have. He perhaps unlocks a lot of new horizons for UGA and perhaps is a little bit of foreshadowing what Georgia might also eventually be able to do with Caleb Downs. But even that said, he is still a player who's valuable in his own right And the fact that Georgia is freed up and able to go after guys like this and add to the depth of the program and have a wonderful competition there at defensive back, I think says some really nice things about UGA. We'll make that around the doghouse here today. Now, let me also give you this. If you go to dognation.com today, I want you to know that it is open and ready for you, a wonderful – I mentioned stepping away for a few days. A lot of you know I'm going to be on a Royal Caribbean cruise next week, but all of you are invited to be on a Royal Caribbean cruise with me coming up in April. And – somebody's going to be a winner of a Royal Caribbean cruise giveaway on our Dog Nation cruise, courtesy of our friends at Kroger. So here's what you need to do. You need to go to dognation.com to enter for your chance to win. Now, it's simple to do. You go right there above the fold, near the top of the page there, dognation.com. You click into it. You just register for your chance. And all you got to do is tell us your favorite Brock Bowers moment to be entered to win. Brock Bowers has a wonderful career at UGA over the course of the last three years. Be remembered as a legendary player, as we've talked about many times before. Lots of memories. Just simply share one of those with us, and then we're going to draw a winner at random, and that person's going to be a part of the Dog Nation Cruise coming up in April on board Allure of the Sea so check all of that out you can find out all the information there and of course if you're already signed up for the Dog Nation cruise you can still register for your chance to win right here and if you're the winner you'll simply uh just have all that taken care of for you so if you've already signed up and you're already on the Dog Nation cruise then you're still eligible for your chance to win right here uh so uh go ahead and still sign up for your chance to win even if you're already going to be on the Dog Nation cruise and by the way if you have not signed up yet Uh, there is still a little bit of time for you to be able to do that. But right now, uh, Kroger wants to give someone a chance to win a Dog Nation cruise here. So enter for your chance to win there at dognation.com. Easy to do. Simply tell us your favorite Brock Bowers moment, and you and a guest could be on your way to the Dog Nation cruise with us in April on board Allure of the Seas. All right, before we're done, Alabama missed out on Travarez Robinson, but they have made a defensive uh, coordinator coaching hire. We'll tell you more about that. But for now, on everything happening with UGA, including the rumors of even bigger things on the way, let's talk to Connor Riley here today, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. So keeping the conversation going here, happy to welcome in Connor Riley on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia today. There's a lot to uh, get to in terms of the follow-up to the uh, T-Rob resolution yesterday and obviously what might be next on the horizon. If Caleb Downs has a decision to make, we'll get there. But speaking of other safeties from Alabama... You know, Connor, I sort of joked about this before you joined us. There's been so much going on lately. We didn't really have a chance to even talk about the Jake Pope thing too much yesterday, but in its own right, this is a pretty interesting move for UGA. At the very least, it seems like with Pope and KJ Bolden, can we now sort of put to bed the uh, Buford curse is sort of officially broken now? Is, Is that safe to say in your mind?
1: Yeah, I think the Buford curse is done. Uh, I think it sort of goes on to get Caleb Downs. You know, uh, Gwinnett County, uh, some of the concerns about recruiting that area are done. Uh, I think the the Pope move, the most interesting thing about it, is it sort of signals further a, a new way of Kirby Smart using the transfer portal. I don't think that safety is the biggest need. Uh, I haven't had a player transfer out at that position, so what I do have to replace Javon Bullard and Tykee Smith, uh, they bring back a lot of the guys they have from last year. They obviously signed K.J. Bolden there. Uh, They've recruited pretty well at that position. And so this wasn't a massive need for Georgia. But when you have a player like Jake Pope who fits a lot of what Georgia looks for in guys that come out of the transfer, a little SEC experience, uh, previous ties to his recruitment, three years of eligibility remaining. Uh, you know, he checks a lot of boxes for what Georgia looks for. And so in going out and adding him, it's sort of another piece that Georgia has over the course of the season to, to have at their disposal. And we are entering a new age of college football where season's going to be longer. And I think depth is, A, going to be more important than ever. You've already sort of heard Kirby Smart acknowledge this. But also, with the way that Georgia loses players to the transfer portal, they had 18 scholarship guys leave. They're always going to work at a deficit when it comes to this. So, when you have a player like Jake Pope become available, I do think it makes a lot of sense for Georgia to go out there and grab him to try to further reestablish the depth on this team.
0: So, the T Rob stuff the last couple of days, I think, has been really fun for UGA fans. This was not a move that was on my radar at all on Saturday. I you know, I was not expecting us to be talking about, you know, Robinson coming over to be safety's coach, co-defensive coordinator, because at the time I thought that Will Muschamp was sort of still in that role. We've obviously now had plenty of time to discuss this, and now you and I can discuss the attempt that Alabama made to wrestle Robinson back in the fold, make him defensive coordinator. Ultimately, Robinson decides to come to UGA anyway. And, you know, listen, on the Georgia side of this, there's there's layers of value here. A, it's keeping Will Muschamp in the fold. His knowledge is something that's obviously great to have around the program, even in, in an off-field role. You clearly love the idea of a great recruiter like Robinson. Also, just kind of bolstering a Georgia coaching staff. I mean, it, it's never a bad thing to have you know a coach of this magnitude, you know, kind of on your uh, on your roster of coaches. And then beyond that, Connor, I, I sort of jokingly said to our audience a little earlier, I don't mind telling you that there is something valuable about getting him just because Alabama wanted him. You know, the, the, the idea that you just sort of took something from Alabama that it wanted, from a Georgia fan standpoint, that's not a bad thing either here. So you've had time to kind of process this, both the initial hire of Robinson, the attempt from Alabama to take him back, and Georgia's ultimate victory on kind of keeping him in the fold here. What do you make of this saga as it has unfolded?
1: Yeah, there was about a ten-hour period. What wasn't that fun covering this? After <laughs> it sort of looked like maybe he was going to be receptive to Alabama, uh, but I, I think you know the the tinfoil hat conspiracy theory with this is I I don't think Kalen DeBoer properly understood T Rob's value, and you know you see in the first couple of hours after Robinson and or after Robinson takes the Georgia job, you know, Ricks enters the transfer portal. Uh, they have another cornerback, Amari Kite, I believe, enter the transfer portal. Uh, you see Trey Amos enter the transfer portal after the news goes finally yesterday. We're still obviously waiting to hear on what Caleb Downs does there. Uh, Alabama has lost a lot in their secondary, and I think t Rob is a big reason why that is the case there. And so, you lose someone like that to a rival in Georgia. Someone, yes, you're going to have to play next season. But if Kalen DeBoer is going to keep up with what Nick Saban was doing there, you know, Alabama is going to see Georgia a lot. And to lose someone like that to Georgia, where you know the big concern with DeBoer for me, and you know I do think he's a very good coach. I think this is a good hire for Alabama. It can be all those things, and it can still be a step back from where Nick Saban had yeah. his program. And you look at his staff and the way it's assembled, I understand why he would bring a lot of his former Washington assistants with him. But I think he needs guys that have strong ties to the South, that have the ability and the cachet to go and recruit uh, across this area. And losing Travis Robinson to Georgia, who probably has the best recruiting staff in the country in terms of being able to go out, identify, build relationships, and recruit players, losing your best recruiter to Georgia – I think it's going to make that even more difficult moving forward. And we've already sort of seen it have a negative effect on Alabama with some of the players they've lost to the transfer portal. Yeah. And if Caleb Downs ultimately enters the transfer portal, regardless of whether he goes to Georgia or Ohio State, I think that makes it an even more significant move for Georgia. Obviously, we'll must have a huge piece of the Georgia program the last couple of years. I wrote about that on Monday. And to bring in Robinson, we talked about this on Saturday, this is a guy who I think moving forward is going to grow into a bigger role at this Georgia program than some might see right now.
0: All right, so before we get to the Caleb Downs part of this, which obviously I find fascinating, let me just kind of give you one more thought on what you just said about how DeBoer has gone about this. This is obviously Monday morning quarterbacking from a couple of hundred miles away. But to me, you know you've got Ryan Grubb. Like you know you've got your Seattle guys to work on the offensive side of the ball. DeBoer should have hit the ground running, making his defensive hires first, making his defensive announcements first, and then you supplement that. I mean, Alabama fans, rightly so, are going to welcome Ryan Grubb as a good offensive coordinator hire, he almost you know could have been in the mix of the job a year ago under Nick Saban. So clearly that's a good hire, but it's also an easy hire for DeBoer to make because he's bringing him with him from Washington. Knowing that your vulnerability is going to be on the defensive side of the ball and your vulnerability is going to be you know guys who are familiar to SEC fans and SEC families of recruits and things like that. It seems obvious that DeBoer, his first act as Alabama coach, should have been those defensive coaching hires where it seems like his first act was the easy stuff that he could have made at any point in time, announcing those you know Washington dudes coming here to run the offensive side.
1: Right, and as we, we take this call Tuesday morning, uh, it sounds like Kane Womack is going to be his yeah. defensive coordinator, which I think is more in line – with what he did and bringing in those guys from Washington with him, Ryan Grubb, obviously the big name there. Uh, Womack, a, a, a you know a sitting head coach, and that can be spun in some circles as a win. And he is, you know, he had been in the state of Alabama, so he does obviously have some ties to coaches in the area. But like a lot of guys on that staff, he doesn't have deep SEC ties. I believe he's been a graduate assistant at Ole Miss for two seasons and that's really the extent of his ties to coaching in the SEC. And so ultimately I think we'll see here you know, moving forward how how well Alabama is able to go out and recruit because I'm not the first person to make this, but I think at this point But a lot of these kids committed to Alabama not because they wanted to play at Alabama but because they wanted to play for Nick Saban. I think we're going to see moving forward, especially in this 2025 cycle, just how much these kids really want to go play at Alabama, and so I do think that in this first season, it's going to be really important for Kalen DeBoer to, to go out and get wins early because you know he is undeniably, I think, a very good game day coach. And so that if he doesn't have early success and Alabama takes a step back on the field this year, I do think that's when you start to get really serious questions about did we make the right move here there's a lot of pressure on him to win early not just because of the fact that he's replacing nick saban but because of proof of concept and because of how he's built this staff that yeah we're going to be able to continue to win here because i'm such a great game day coach and that's going to sort of keep things rolling there but with the hires that we've seen him make so far uh, he's not jumping all in to make a great SEC recruiting staff. I don't believe he has done that to this point.
0: All right, so let's talk about the Caleb Downs part of this here for a moment. And, you know, I have to admit, while as a Georgia fan, I would love nothing more than to be able to, you know, see, see this go down, to see this happen. Um, I'm a little skeptical of this on two fronts. The first part of it, about this being, is Alabama cannot lose its best player on essentially the first week on the job for Kalen DeBoer. There's just no way they can. I mean, they would seemingly, I would think, have to do anything they could to keep downs because this would be such a blow. It'd be, you know, you know kind of taking DeBoer out on the knees uh, before he's even had a chance to sort of get started. So there's that. And the flip side of this is, you know, when, when Georgia was trying to get involved with Downs the first time around, and everybody's got their theory about why this was, but either way, you know, Georgia seemingly could not get a seat at the table on Downs' initial recruitment. Now, how much have things kind of changed on that since then? So, while I love the idea of getting Caleb Downs, this is clearly a player that any Georgia fan would want, I'm sort of skeptical of could this really happen on those two fronts. How would you respond to that, Connor?
1: Yeah, Downs is one of the ten best players in the country next season. And, you know, you've already seen Alabama. They lose Isaiah Bond, Desirex, a number of players from the tra- have already entered the transfer portal. Losing, losing a player like Caleb Downs, even though he is a safety, I think would be pretty disastrous. And, and you know, that's not necessarily on DeBoer, I think. That is just, you know, uh, crummy circumstances if you're Alabama here. So you're going to have to manage this best you can and hope that Downs is going to stay. They have had some big players. I believe Jahad Campbell, uh, Jalen Bachway, both announced that they are staying to play for DeBoer. So you hope that he stays along with them. If you're an Alabama fan, if you're Georgia, look. I, I, you know, I, I know everyone is, is sort of circling this like vultures, hoping that he does ultimately enter the transfer portal. It's not a slam dunk to me, that he goes in the portal and instantly ends up at Georgia. Ohio State was very much a team that he considered coming out of high school. They finished as a runner-up in his recruitment, and I would expect them to be very aggressive here once again if Downs does end at the portal, along with the fact that just about every team in the country is going to reach out to Caleb Downs and try and bring him in. He is that talented of a player. I think he would be without question the best player to enter the transfer portal in this sort of off season we've seen so far. And that's obviously going to attract a lot of teams. And to the point you make there, look, Georgia recruited him with Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp before, and he wasn't exactly the most receptive to the pitch. Now, obviously, bringing in Traveris Robinson helps you there. I do think that Kirby Smart's public comments and public actions towards downs have maybe – helped a little bit in that regard he had a very glowing quote he gave before the sec championship game and then i think we've all seen the video now uh, of smart dapping up rob uh, downs rather after the game uh and so you know kill downs is one of the best players in all of college football and if you can get him you absolutely find a way to do it but it's not going to be as easy as i think maybe a lot of georgia fans Thought or anticipated, especially in the
0: wake of the Treverus Robinson news. So, last final thought for me on this. Um, to put a more positive spin on this from the Georgia side, I think you and I have both noticed there's a little bit of a weird vibe around Ohio State right now. Now, admittedly, most of that's not defense. They're actually pretty good on the defensive side of the ball, ironically enough, for how many years they were good on offense, but not good enough on defense. It seems like that's sort of reverse. So, maybe Down sees a, a good defense in Columbus if he were to consider transferring. But Overall, you know, pretty weird showing against Missouri in the bowl game. There was some weird chatter about the practices leading up to that bowl game. You know, obviously not really handling the need at quarterback very well this offseason. So, I guess if you wanted me to put the most favorable spin on this in the event Downs were to transfer is that I don't know that Ohio State as a program has the same stature it had when Downs was making this choice the first time. And so maybe Georgia is somewhat elevated because right now, to me, maybe it's only by a slight degree, Connor, but the Buckeyes look like a program that is trending downward just slightly.
1: Yeah, uh, so when Downs first committed to to Alabama over Ohio State, Ohio State had only lost to Michigan once. And now they've since lost twice. There have been further questions about that and concerns about Ryan Day have grown. I will say, with the number of players on the defensive side of the ball that Ohio State is bringing back, it would not surprise me if they emerge as the number one team in the country next year. They also bring back Emeka Abuka and Travion Henderson at the running back position. They're obviously loaded at the wide receiver position. They go in and bring Quinchon Judkins my questions about Ohio state entering next season are one on the offense. I, I understand being all excited and things like that. There's only one ball and, and, and you know, having trade, like it's not like Ohio state had a bad running back room this past season. And so uh, I'll be interested in seeing how all of that sort of works together Two, uh, there is not a player under more pressure next year to perform than Will Howard, the quarterback yeah. that they brought out of Kansas state who mind you, effectively got benched this past season in favor of Avery Johnson at Kansas State. And so I'm very interested in seeing how Ryan Day handles all of this. And as it relates to Caleb Down, if Ohio State is able to get him because he does go in the portal and he still trusts what is being built there. And Ohio State is, in my mind, a very good defensive team and brings back a lot of talent on that side of the ball. It only puts more pressure on, on Will Howard to go out there and perform because I still think Ryan Day it wants to be an offensive first guy and has a lot of offensive questions. And part of the reason that uh, Ohio State didn't do what they needed this year was because their offense, quite frankly, wasn't good enough. And that falls at the feet of Ryan Day, who still has a lot of questions that he needs to answer because Kirby Smart is a two-time national championship head coach. Ryan Day is not. And you look at, it at how Smart has developed talent on that defensive side of the ball especially at that safety position uh there are a lot of things that that tilt in his favor compared to that of Ryan Day
0: it is a fascinating thing to watch Connor we appreciate your opinions on all of this today and obviously we'll have plenty of coverage coming at for us on this at dognation.com there as well so we'll look forward to reading that and having you back here on the program very soon as well
1: yep as always it's a pleasure
0: Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC through. Yeah, so fascinating to keep your eyes on all of that as I'm tangled up in a thousand courts. Uh, fascinating to keep your eyes on all of that. It's not obvious that Caleb Downs will transfer, but if he does, it could get really interesting really fast, and we're obviously watching that very closely. Something else I'm watching very closely, the chance to be on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship. Now, I realize that not everyone is going to do that next week. I am going to be able to and boy oh boy am I excited and I tell you weather like we're having in Georgia here today even makes me more excited so when you're walking around today you're trying to drive around or taking care of your kids because some of them are not in school uh just know that winter weather is a signal to you that you got to get to the Caribbean you got to get on board a Royal Caribbean cruise ship you got to be going to perfect day Coco where it's always sunny and warm and man what a great time that's going to be for me next week it's icon of the seas among the very first to actually be on board i'm really excited about this really really looking forward to it and uh coming up in april for all of us it's allure of the seas for the dog nation cruise so you need to do what i'm doing you need to make your plans for a royal caribbean cruise vacation here this year jessica slater great travel agent specially selected by for us by royal caribbean to help you get that done, you can give her a call, 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. You can also email her, Slater at dreamvacations.com, but also really important to keep this in mind, royaldogs.com is the website that Jessica has constructed for the simple purpose of educating you about everything you need to know about the Dog Nation Cruise. We're leaving out of Port Canaveral. We're going to Nassau in the Bahamas. We're going to Perfect Day, Coco Cay. All of that is on the way here. For this year, RoyalDogs.com. You can find out more about that. All right, let us now transition. As Connor mentioned a moment ago, it certainly looks like Kane Womack, the South Alabama head coach, is going to be Alabama defensive coordinator. This is not officially announced by Alabama, but it's been reported by everybody. So this is essentially we would say a done deal. You you would, you would perhaps think here. So it looks like Womack is going to be the guy. I find this to be interesting for a couple of reasons. Reason number one is. One of the things that Alabama has always been somewhat unique in compared to other SEC teams is Alabama shows no respect for in-state programs at all. They essentially never play in-state program. They hate UAB. Uh, This goes back to when like Bear Bryant and Gene Bartow were, you know, the various schools a weird sort of deal going on with them. Remember years ago, those of you who are like deeply entrenched in sort of SEC soap opera stuff, when UAB, a long time ago, wanted to hire Jimbo Fisher as head coach, and I believe it was Paul Bryant Jr. kind of blocked that at the Board of Regents level. Like, Alabama has shown no respect for in-state programs at all. And all of a sudden now, you got some Alabama fans trying to high-five, we got the South Alabama head coach as our defensive coordinator. This is a very different new chapter for Alabama. If they're high-fiving over the South Alabama head coach, gives you an idea of how things have changed for alabama because historically that program has not shown respect to in-state programs now obviously womack has been more than the south alabama head coach and this is where things also get kind of interesting too womack former assistant at indiana the same way ryan grubb like a lot of indiana ties on this alabama coaching staff here right now strength and conditioning staff they come from indiana there as well i joked on uh, x this morning that Alabama wants to be Indiana so bad right now, it certainly seems. So there is a decided Indiana flair to this Alabama coaching staff. Moment Womack comes in there. So, you know, they'll tell you it's the greatest hire of all time. They'll tell you that, you know, he's going to be, you know, sort of reinventing the Alabama defense, whatever else. But certainly a different era in Alabama when this is the kind of hire that's celebrated there on that. We shall see where it goes speaking of other interesting rumors coming to the sec right now and speaking of ohio state we talked about a moment ago so it seems like the number one candidate to be the new athletic director at ohio state is current tech m athletic director ross bjork bjork also formerly the Ole miss athletic director as well and this is one of those things that i find fascinating because there's a certain category of athletic administration administrators athletic administrators that's totally disconnected from the world that coaches live in where you're judged by wins and losses are you good or not based on your wins and losses and there seems to be sort of a system for administrators that once you're in it doesn't matter if your teams are winning or not you're just sort of in the system you're kind of sort of kissed in at that point in time and bjork certainly seems to be one of those guys i've seen people on social media say that bjork is failing upward It certainly appears that uh, is the case here. I, I don't find Ross Bjork to be all that impressive necessarily, at least judging him on the most important thing you do, which is make football coaching hires. I don't find him to be all that impressive, but there is a certain category of administrator that always seems to thrive no matter what their actual results are. Bjork perhaps is in that category. Here is an interesting story, and this is early days, so we don't know where this is going, but I couldn't help but notice. One of the most respected offensive coordinators in the SEC is Liam Cohen. Liam Cohen has also always sort of had one foot in the NFL. He worked for the Rams. He came to Kentucky for a year as offensive coordinator in 2021. He left Kentucky in 2022 to go back to the NFL, and then he came back to Kentucky as offensive coordinator in 2023. So this is a guy that has had a relationship with Mark Stoops. Uh, Stoops has been able to hire him two different times as offensive coordinator, but Cohen clearly has, you know, some affection for the NFL because he keeps kind of gravitating back in that direction. Well, it has been reported that Cohen has interviewed for the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator job. I don't know if he takes the job. Don't know what's going on there. Don't know what that is. But could not help but think about Brock Vandegrift and all of this. Because Cohen, when he was not Kentucky offensive coordinator in 2022, we have a very good idea what that offense looked like, and it was not good. So you got to imagine someone like Vandegrift and Vandegrift's family, to be honest with you, they've got to be watching stories like this pretty closely of, did we make the right decision? Did we go to the right place knowing that the offensive coordinator we thought we were going to be working with, no guarantee we're actually doing that. Because keep in mind, the NFL coaching carousel spends a little bit later than the college carousel does because the NFL season just ends so much later. So, you know, it's not obvious that Cohen takes the job. Perhaps he does. And, and maybe the Vandergriff family knew all about this before they made the decision to go to Kentucky. I honestly won't pretend to be an expert on those inner workings there. But Vandegrift paired with Cohen could potentially be a very strong combination. What Kentucky would have at offensive coordinator if Liam Cohen does go back to the NFL that's where things could get a little bit curious. A couple of other stories we haven't really talked about. I just want to make sure we mention Isaiah Bond, the hero from the Iron Bowl this year, is going to Texas. This is an example of Texas looking at what was one of the strengths of the team this year, a wide receiver, and saying we want to make sure that remains true for the upcoming year. And so, you know, Texas brings in Bond. It's a reinforcement of something we've been talking about here the last couple of days which is my belief the toughest game on the Georgia schedule for the upcoming year is not Alabama, no matter what Caleb DeBoer does in his first offseason leading into the start of the 2024 season. It is Texas. And Bond being there to work with what we guess is going to be Quinn Ewers, although I'd watch out for Arch Manning pretty closely there here this year. Uh, Bond going there is kind of a big target wide receiver. That is certainly a notable story. And then finally, and we talked about Cam Ward a lot. This is the former Washington State quarterback as a little bit of, you know, kind of a bellwether for like where things stand with uh, the the, the, the NIL world here right now, the transfer portal quarterback and how hot the market is for quarterbacks. What we said was, is that Ward was a guy we were led to believe based on some reporting that clearly wanted to maximize his value in the NIL space and watching to see where he went was going to be a little bit of a tell about where things stood. And for a while, it seemed like it was a very soft market. Ward had announced he was going to the NFL, and now he's sort of circled back to come to Miami, a place that is known for paying big NIL deals. John Ruiz is very public about that, but not really known for developing quarterbacks very well. So I've said before that if you want to get an idea about what's really going on with the most lucrative position of all when it comes to NIL, this Ward story to me a little bit of an example of that. I believe quietly the actual market for quarterbacks in NIL right now might be a little soft. The Ohio States and the Florida States and the teams like that that really need a quarterback, seemingly they either were unwilling to or unable to really pony up and spend big for a guy like Ward. He clearly wanted the money. He takes it, we would say, from Miami because they have a history of paying here. But that's not usually a pretty good spot for NFL development. So I would say the Ward story is one worth paying attention to here because seems like that might be an example of a little bit of a soft market for NIL right now, and we will make that cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean and before we wrap up here today on dog nation daily just want to give you a quick shout out to our friends at mr rooter because they offer whole home water filtration drain and cleaning repair and water heaters so much more at mr rooter plumbing they're dedicated to addressing your plumbing needs as quickly as possible Uh, they offer both residential and commercial uh client satisfaction here and they're uh, working all day every day to take good care of you so you can rest assured that you can count on mr rooter for upfront pricing flexible service options and exceptional customer service plus that 29 dollars service fee can be waived on any repair so make sure you visit mr that's mr and as we say goodbye to you here today a couple of golden shoes to give out the first one in honor of the idea the possibility that perhaps caleb downs could be you know considering that transfer here uh kobe uh, kirby smart having some fun there a buddy sugar ray since this i love this new era we're in of the ai aided graphics we haven't had a lot of these submissions here lately and they've all been you know really fun and uh, really good it's just amazing the technology that exists now we're kind of always sort of living in this sort of meme world for our golden shoes and some of these artificial intelligence enhanced ones lately are very good sugar ray is a funny and talented guy so we'll give him a golden shoe for that here today and then uh, some of you are aware we've had uh, occasional issues here and there lately and so frankie fibonacci this is not what it looked like on the screen is it uh a little bit of a glow around me uh yesterday as we were doing the show frankie having some fun with that We'll give him a uh, golden shoe for that there as well for our live comments as part of our R.S. Andrews Cooldown. Very funny stuff from Frankie. Lousy, stinking gators, they've got nothing to laugh about. They've got nothing but misery in front of them. 1,165 days. That's how long it's been since they've beaten Georgia, so their past isn't very bright either, and we revel in that. Their misery is our mission, and so we will celebrate that as a part of a gator hater updater. Thank you for being here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. We'll look forward to seeing you back here again tomorrow.